search the world But it couldn't feel me Man's empty praise And treasures and faith Are never enough Then you came along
Dear Heavenly Father, on this Easter morning, we worship you, the one who truly makes graves into gardens. God, we lift you up because there is nothing better than you. We thank you so much for the opportunity that we have right now to worship you. God, to connect even online across the world with millions of people who love you, Jesus, who follow you. I pray, Father, that you would use this time for your purposes. God, speak through me, speak in spite of me. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Happy, happy Easter from the Lake Hills Church family. I want to do something that we've done. It's, it's a little bit easier when you're in the room, but I want to I want to repeat an old, old tradition of the church that occurs on Easter Sunday morning. On Easter Sunday morning, the pastor or the preacher or the priest will say to the congregation, He is risen. And then the congregation will answer, He is risen indeed. So wherever you are, however you're celebrating this worship service with us, I want to invite you to do that right now. I will say, He is risen. You answer back, He is risen indeed, out loud. Let's do that together right now. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And that is what we celebrate on this Easter morning. I think you'll agree that this will be an Easter to remember. To put it another way, this will be an Easter that we will never, ever forget. I think it's actually, as disconcerting as the circumstances may be, I think it's actually really, really very cool that we get to celebrate Easter like this. Think about it. In the history of Easter, going back 2,000 years, every single time that the church, the followers of Jesus, have celebrated Easter, they've been able to gather together. And yet, around the world today, we can't. We shouldn't. And so, today is different Today is an Easter we will never forget, but think about this also. It is only at this moment in history, or for the last you know, few years, that the church would be able to celebrate together even virtually. If this had happened 20 years ago, this would not be happening. So it's, it's, a, it's a strange time. There's a lot of weird circumstances swirling around us. But at the same time, I think we've got an opportunity today. I believe with everything I have that this Easter Sunday, the good news, the message of Jesus will touch more lives than it has ever touched in a single day. I really do. I think because of online worship services, because followers of Jesus have invited their friends who don't yet know how much God loves them. I think more people will hear about Easter and Jesus today than in the history of the world at one time. That is something to get excited about. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to look in Luke chapter 24. In Luke 24, the Bible records that, that first Easter morning. And we know that the first people to discover the empty tomb was a group of women, a group of women who had gone to the tomb to anoint Jesus's body for long-term burial. They had taken him down from the cross on that 
Good Friday evening, the beginning of the Sabbath. They had laid him in the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, and then the Sabbath had begun. And according to the tradition and the laws of Moses, they had observed the Sabbath. No work was done. And so very early in the morning on the first day of the week, Sunday, these women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, they came to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body for long-term burial. But when they got there, they were surprised. They found something going on because the tomb was empty except for, the Bible says, two men. Two men who were there where the body of Jesus was expected to be. And here's where the narrative picks up in Luke chapter 24. I'm reading, I'm reading verses 5 through 8. Luke 24, 5 through 8. The Bible says, The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. Now, if you've been in church for a while, you've probably heard this story before. And I think with the benefit of 2,000 years of hindsight, it might be tempting for us to kind of think, how could they forget? I mean, he had just told them just days before that they would be going to Jerusalem, that he would be handed over, tried, convicted, executed there on the Roman cross, and that he would rise again on the third day. And yet, and yet they still went to the tomb that morning expecting to find his body. You know, I think we can relate to these women more than we realize. I, I think when you really and truly step back for a second and put yourself in their sandals, we actually have more in common with them than not. Just, just real quickly, I want to point out to you, I think it's fascinating that the first missionaries were women. Think about that for a second. In, in this day and age, it was a highly, highly, highly patriarchal society. Men were assumed to have more value than women at every strata of society. But that wasn't the way of Jesus. Throughout his entire ministry, throughout his entire life, Jesus had elevated those that society had put down. He had always valued women. He had always valued other races, other other tribes that maybe his tribe had looked down on. And here we find on the first Easter morning, three women who would go and tell the world that he is risen. But initially, they forgot. Initially, they forgot. You know, when I was thinking about this, I remember when our son Joe what was growing up in our household. He's now a full-grown man, 23 years old, got a big bushy beard. It's crazy. But when he, was, when he was a young guy growing up in our house, 
Joe used to try to get out of trouble by saying, I forgot. Like if we said, hey, Joe, did you clean your room? Or Joe, did you put your dishes in the dishwasher? I will never forget as long as I live. As a little guy, Joe would, and Joe kind of had a, he had, he, he was, he had, a speech impediment early in his life. And, and it, it used to pronounce words kind of funny. A lot of people go through that. And, and I remember when we would say, Joe, did you, did you clean your room? He would say, oh, sorry, dad, I forgot. That means, sorry, dad, I forgot. And at first we kind of believed him. It was like, oh, okay, buddy, that's all right. If you forgot, just go do it. Oh, yes, sir. But then we realized over time, Joe was using I forgot or I forgot, to play us. He was actually just trying to keep from getting in trouble because he realized if he had said, no, Dad, I decided not to do what you asked me to do, then he was going to be in trouble. But if he just said, I forgot, then all of a sudden he could kind of maybe get by with it. I think for you and me, as far as a relationship with God goes, it is our responsibility to never forget. If you only hear one thing on this Easter, I want you to hear that. Never forget. If you're with some friends or maybe with your family, I want you to turn to somebody close to you and tell them, never forget. Go ahead and tell them right now. One, two, three. Never forget. But I think you understand why these women forgot. I, I think when you understand what they had just been through over the last 48 hours. These were women who had followed Jesus. They were not part of the 12 disciples, but they were maybe just right outside that inner band, if you will. And they had, they had traveled with Jesus. They had supported the ministry. They had devoted their lives to him. And yet he died. He died on that cross and I understand how in a moment of pain, you can forget. When, when, when all hope seems to go flying out the door, you can forget. Pain a lot of times can, can cause us to forget, but Easter, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, is the reminder that we all need from time to time to never, ever forget. Never forget that when Jesus rose from the dead, and by the way, he did rise from the dead. That's not an allegory. That's not a little myth that Christians tell themselves. That's a historical fact. Where, I, I don't know where you are this morning, spiritually or personally. You may be a person who has not yet chosen to follow Christ, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I get all this, you know, doing to others as you would have them do and be a good guy or a good girl, but rose from the dead, yes. He rose from the dead. And when he did, he had in his hand an offer for you and for me, the offer of a new life, the offer of the forgiveness of our sins. And his resurrection, his overcoming the grave is a reminder to stand for all time. Can, can we just take a few minutes, just a couple of minutes, I want to just mention to you a few of the things that, that can sometimes cause us to forget. I've already mentioned one of them is, is the pain. Those, those women 
experienced a brutal loss in their lives when Jesus died on the cross. And it caused them to forget his promise. We, we, we see that. But I think another thing that, that a lot of times causes us to forget is pressure. Think about, think about pressure or stress or anxiety, however you want to label it. Man, right now, in the middle of corona, COVID-19, lockdown, quarantine, all of those things that all of us are going through right now, there's a lot of pressure on us. Maybe, maybe you're experiencing some very real financial pressure. Maybe you're unsure or, or wondering where your job will be or if your job will be there on the other side. I, I get it. Believe me. I don't think any of us, no one is immune to that kind of pressure. But when you experience that pressure, never forget. Never forget that he rose from the dead. If Jesus has authority over life and death, and he does, there is nothing in your life or in my life that he cannot overcome. If he overcame the grave, if he was able to rise from the dead, then there is nothing in your life or in my life that he can't overcome. Now listen, this is not kind of, you know, Pollyanna, pie in the sky, you just hang in there, buddy, everything. No, 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 no. The, the Christian faith does not deny reality. There's nothing more real than the fact that Jesus died. You want to talk about real? The cross was as real as it got. We, we looked at last week Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew how real it was about to get, and he prayed, Lord, if there's any way that this cup of suffering should pass, let it go. But, not my will, but your will be done. He knew how real the cross would be, how real those nails would be that hung him there. And yet, he overcame that. He rose from the dead. I think a lot of times, it's not only, it's not only, pain or pressure, but it can also, sometimes it can be people. Sometimes the people around us can, can cause us to forget the reality of the resurrection. That, that's why I think it's really important, especially right now, we have such an opportunity during this season where things have, have dramatically slowed down, maybe even stopped in some cases. We have a unique opportunity to recalibrate, to, to decide who are those people in my life that I'm going to listen to? Who are the voices that I'm going to listen to? People can create that forgetting. Sometimes possessions, sometimes our desire for possessions can cause us to forget the reality of the resurrection. You know what I think is very real in our world too? Politics. Man, think about how polarized our politics are right now. When you remember the reality of the resurrection and you never forget it, it kind of helps to put politics into perspective, doesn't it? it? Listen, politics is important. We need a government. Believe me, right now, do we need a government? We need a government, a functioning, healthy one. So I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. I'm saying it's perspective. 
The reality of the resurrection creates perspective in every single part of our lives. And this is not just philosophically, man, this is, this is personally. Because when you understand what the crucifixion and the resurrection accomplished, then all of a sudden that, that becomes center stage. That, that becomes, that's the, the, the anchor of your life where, where you decide, I will never forget what Jesus did for me. Never forget what he did for me in that resurrection morning. This is how the Bible puts it. I want you to look in the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians is kind of toward the middle of the New Testament. You've got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then you get to Acts, the beginnings of the church. Then Romans, then 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Then you've got this, this section of the Bible with the letters of Paul continue out of Romans and Corinthians. You've got Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. You can remember that order like this. Just remember General Electric Power Company. General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Now, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and he's explaining to them what happened through the cross and the resurrection. Check this out. This is Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 13. Look at what he says. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Check this out. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. This is Easter. This is Easter. All your sins, all of my sin were nailed to the cross. The Bible says that God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin. He became my sin and your sin. And when he was nailed to the cross, our sin went with him. That's why he died. Because in that moment, he took on my sin and your sin. So the Christian faith is not self-help. This is not just to help you be a good guy or good girl or to help us live a good life. You see, the resurrection literally takes you and me from death to life because of sin, because of those distractions, those things that cause us to forget what Jesus did. We are dead in our sin. We're, we're, the Bible says that we're literally born in that condition. And so the question becomes, are we ever going to know life? Are we ever going to step into the life that is truly life? Romans chapter 10 tells us how to do that. I think on this Easter morning, wherever you may be, however you're participating in this worship service, I want to make sure, we as a church want to make sure that there is no doubt how you take hold of that life that is truly life. This is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10. 
In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, God says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Easter, you will be saved. Never forget that. If you have stepped into that relationship with God, if you have taken that and made it your own, you've appropriated that, man, never forget that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Not a virus, not the economy tanking, even the loss of a job, even the loss of a loved one, there is nothing that separates us from the love of God. But on this Easter morning, if you've never stepped into that, then as a church, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. To just own it. You know, we make choices every single day about what we're going to believe. I know right now, some people are like just tuned into the news morning, noon, and night. Every hour, on the hour. You choose what to believe based on the facts, based on what you know to be true. If you are not yet a follower of Christ, maybe you've kind of kept God at arm's length. You've kind of like dipped your toe in a little bit, but never wanted to get too crazy about it. I just want to, I want to push back on that just a little bit kindly, but I want to push back. What do you do with the empty grave? I mean, you can't ignore it. The, the reality is Jesus lived on this earth. That's a fact. Not just from the Bible, extra biblical sources. Secular historians attest to it. Tacitus, Josephus, on and on and on. You can't intelligently argue whether or not Jesus walked on the earth. Now, I understand that you can discuss and debate and doubt what the cross means. Biblically, we've told you what it means. It means that Jesus took on your sin. He took on my sin. But what do you do with the empty tomb? I want you to really sincerely step into that for a second. What do you do with the fact that the body of Jesus was never discovered post-resurrection. Except for the fact that the Bible says he appeared to over 500 eyewitnesses after the crucifixion. And then returned to heaven. What do you do with that? How do you explain that? As a church, we want to invite you to choose to believe the facts. The facts of the empty tomb, the fact of the crucifixion, but before and around all of that is the fact that God loves you. God loves you personally by name, and he's invited you into this relationship. 
And he gave his only son to die on the cross so that whoever believes in him would never die but would have eternal life. Whoever includes you. Whoever includes me. Whoever believes in Jesus. And so right now, as we draw this worship service to a close, I want to invite you to pray. If you are right now a follower of Christ, man, I want to invite you to be praying with everything that you've got for anyone who is watching this service who's not yet a follower. But if you are not yet a follower, you haven't chosen to follow Christ, we want to invite you to do that right now. Just by praying. And so I invite you to bow your head, to humble yourself. Prayer is a humbling thing. Prayer is us going to God, just, just praying to God right where you are. An Easter prayer. Just say something like this in your own words. You can do it silently from your heart to God's. He knows your heart. He invites you into this relationship. Just pray right where you are. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I need the forgiveness of my sin. I know it. And in this moment, I choose to believe that you died on the cross, that you rose on the third day, and that you have new life for me from this moment forward. Jesus, I accept. I commit my life to you. And I will follow you from this moment forward. Jesus, I pray this prayer in your name. Amen. If that was your prayer, this is the greatest moment of your life on an Easter Sunday watching online somewhere, you responded to the grace initiative of God. And as a church family, we would love to help with what's next because this is just the beginning for you. If you would, just go to our website, lhc.org. There's a thing there called the Connect Card. There's an opportunity for you to fill out a connect card that usually we fill out in our worship service. But if you just gave your life to Christ and are following him now, we want to help with what's next. And that connect card is the best way to start that process. Just fill it out. There's a place to indicate there I committed my life to Christ. And when you hit send, that will begin a process. That just begins a dialogue that proceeds at whatever pace works for you. This is an amazing day. And to the church at large, especially the Lake Hills Church family, thank you for being the church no matter where we are, for being the body, the hands and the feet and the voice of Christ, the voice of hope. Know that Julie and I love you. We are praying with you and we hope you have a great week. God bless you.